welcome today to the Dr. Marcy Show on the Path Forward Utah. I am Dr. Marcy Campbell, talking about uh, the, the local issues, the state issues, the country issues, and sometimes the worldwide issues, and more particularly looking at it from a state of, you know, what is our mental state regarding the things that are going on around us? What can we do to have strong mental health? And certainly, what can we do to become more aware of what's going on both inside of us and outside of us and what it is that we can do about it? So grateful for our audience today, grateful for fedbyravensmedia.com, who uh, houses this podcast and, and pushes it abroad on all the fun podcast streaming services that you have available. And also, especially want to do a shout out for our sponsors uh, grateful for all that they do to uh, for, for us to be able to have a voice that people can learn and listen from each other. So thank you again for being our audience today. That enables us to put these shows together for you. Uh, two days ago, it was announced by the committee formed to choose a new name for Dixie State University in St. George, Utah. And the, the name that they came up with, or at least are putting forward, of course, it's not a done deal yet completely, but the name that they're putting forward is Utah Polytechnic State University, or they suspect it will be called Utah Tech for short. Now, it does have several hoops to go through, including the approval of the Utah State Legislature. And there has been a very heated debate about removing the name of Dixie from the University in St. George. Um, That has traditionally been nicknamed Dixie. That whole area has been nicknamed Dixie, not just the university. And it had me thinking the last couple of days about what's in a name. This phrase made famous by Shakespeare in Romeo and Juliet when Juliet was, was trying to say to her beloved Romeo, Why does it matter that your last name is what it is? You are still who you are, right? She said something to the effect of what's in a name, a rose by any other name would still smell as sweet. And it's a a really good question because on the one hand, she's correct. Romeo is still Romeo regardless of what his last name was. And yet his last name is or was what it was essentially in uh, the play. So The reality is, on the one hand, we can say, what's in a name? Why does it matter? And on the other hand, realize that it does matter. Not necessarily maybe your last name, but names do matter because meanings are associated. Meanings, feelings, histories, um, experiences, all are part of the language that we use. The language, including the names that we give to places like universities, right? And so I think it's important for us to recognize that language and meanings are incredibly relevant and how we use language is very relevant. And then later in the show, how important it is to recognize communication errors with the use of language and and what kind of problems arise because of that in our relationships, in our business dealings, et cetera. So we do have this imperfect world of language. 
I know that most people don't like to look at our language that way, but it's very imperfect. There is no language in the world that is perfect. So we have communication errors regularly in terms of language and in terms of naming things. And I think a, a large part of the council culture that we have been seeing in 2020 and in 2021 have to do with um, recognizing that language has had an effect, historically speaking, or even really rapidly speaking, when a word becomes negative because someone in the culture changed the word to become negative and it spreads like wildfire. And then suddenly that word is a negative word or another word could suddenly become a positive word. And it's remarkable how quickly our language changes based on uh, someone purporting it's a good thing or a bad thing and how quickly it can spread. So just understanding the nature of language in and of itself has a lot to do with the debate that, w- that has gone on in Southern Utah. So back to that issue in St. George and what Dixie has meant in the state of Utah. So Utah was not a slave state. We did not have slavery. So we don't have a history in the state or surrounding states of slavery per se, like the South traditionally in the United States. And so the word Dixie in Utah, I mean, of course, I'm not going to propose to know exactly what, what was going on in the minds of the people who, who kind of declared Southern Utah as Utah's Dixie. Um, But the best I can assume is that it was the South. It's South in terms of the compass. And in the United States, the South was nicknamed Dixie, right? And so there has been less of a connotation. And I would say someone who's from Utah, I never associated St. George area being nicknamed Dixie, Dixie College at the time, moved on to Dixie University. I had never associated that with slavery or even necessarily the South. Uh, being from Utah. Now, does that mean that people who have always traditionally associated the word Dixie with slavery, does that mean that their um, language association with the word Dixie is irrelevant? It does not. They still have the relevance of what Dixie means to them. So just being aware that the word Dixie in and of itself means something differently to different people. And I think we have to recognize that when we're talking about Dixie State and Dixie University. But being from Utah, I would say it is important to recognize that the large majority of people in the state of Utah did not associate the word Dixie with slavery or even the Confederacy. They just thought of it as the South. And and as you know, in the state of Utah, and if you don't, it's this beautiful red rock area and territory. So to me... Dixie is associated with that red rock, amazing, it's almost like a miraculous landscape that we have in in St. George in the southern part of our state. So that's what I associate the word Dixie with because this is where I'm from. Now, of course, I said before, it, it, it is obviously different for people who associate the word Dixie with with Confederacy or the slave trade, right? or slavery in and of itself, which is a serious part of our country's history. So I don't want to minimize that in the least. But by and large, uh, there has been 
And it's, I would say it's been relatively recently that the debate has become made aware, but I suspect it might've been there previously for a while, um, longer than we realize the name change taking or removing Dixie out of it. And for the most part, I think what's been talked about in terms of removing the name or why the university thinks it needs to be changed or the committee is because they want to take out any connotation regarding Confederacy or slavery for the students to be able to take their degree from the university and go on to other programs in other areas and not be maybe not accepted to higher level education because the person maybe looking at it wouldn't receive it because of the name Dixie, right? So if they, let's say they were trying to go to Alabama for graduate program, would someone in Alabama be upset at the applicant coming from Dixie State University? I, I see that as a possibility. It, it, it's a possibility. So I think it's a valid concern in that regard. Is the concern enough, in my opinion, to change the name? Um, yeah, well, well, I'll delve into that as we go through the day. So I wanted to go through and talk about the media reporting, because that in and of itself is a huge concern for me in the use of language and how they are going about this name change, how they're going about it in terms of PR and and what I've witnessed in the last couple of years in the state of Utah in terms of PR and and getting people on board with the, the desires of those who are in power in the state of Utah. And you will see it in the way that it has been reported and in the interviews from committee members, et cetera, in the language that is used. And that's the emphasis that I want to use today is language, how language is used, um, changing names, but most importantly, how it is that we are convinced of things moving forward because of language that is used and, and why language is so important in our lives. So you have been listening to the Dr. Marcy Show. We're going to talk a lot more about language and what's in a name after the break. Welcome back to the Dr. Marcy Show on the Path Forward Utah. This is Dr. Marcy Campbell talking today particularly about what's in a name, the name change or the proposed name change for Dixie State University in Southern Utah. And later in the show, we'll be talking about language and how sometimes Language can become a hiccup in our relationships and particularly in our communication style. So language is a big deal. It's important. It has meanings associated to it. And I think the most important thing to recognize is language is imperfect. So as we try to make our way through the world, recognize language is imperfect. But back to what I wanted to talk about in this segment is how the media reported 
and has been reporting the proposed name change for Dixie State University. So I just grabbed one because, quite frankly, they're almost all the same when they report on it. So I've just grabbed a Salt Lake Tribune's report by Scott Pierce, June 14th, just a couple of days ago, regarding and I, regarding the name change proposal. And I, what I want to go through is show you particularly how language is used in the report to persuade and not sound like you're persuading, if that makes sense. So, and then I want you to ask yourself the question throughout, why, why does the media desire to, to uh, change people's minds in one direction or another, rather than report the information? Why is it that they're reporting it from one particular side in order to, in my opinion, change the minds of the public? So just ask yourself that question as I go through this. I'm just going to read some of it to you. The committee, this again, written by Scott Pierce, June 14th, Salt Lake Tribune. The committee charged with coming up with a new name for Dixie State University voted three to one with two abstentions in favor of Utah Polytechnic State University on Monday morning. And most likely Utah Tech for short if the school's board of directors and the state legislature approve the change. The name will establish the university as an institution that serves to benefit students from the entire state while providing a broad identifier to those outside of Utah, according to the committee's official statement. And this is where I want to jump in and say, well, the institution already serves to the benefit of students from the entire state. So I don't know why that's a necessary part of the committee's official statement, as though somehow Dixie State University didn't help students from across the entire state. They always have, right? So I don't understand why why words like that are needed. It's as though they're trying to talk people into maybe, oh, more students are going to get help now when in fact it's already been the case the entire time. So that's just, you know, the start here. I'm going to go on reading again. It will also remove what has been a divisive issue in the St. George area with opponents pointing to the name Dixie's link with the Confederacy and slavery and proponents dismissing that point of view, claiming it's part of the region's heritage dating back to mid-19th century pioneers. So uh, I think that this one clearly to me has a bias or or kind of a push towards it because it's like, um, it's like saying that they're claiming it's part of the region's heritage as though it really was not ever part of the region's heritage. That kind of language infers something, even if someone's not pulling it apart the way that I am, it still is placing a bias to the reader. When, when the first sentence is a declaration and the second sentence is, well, they're just claiming it's the case, right? It, it adds a question of validity for the proponents that want to keep the name Dixie State. And that's where I start to go, wait a minute, what's going on here? This is a biased piece at some level, okay? Um, going on reading some more, I think that this name recognition will alleviate a lot of the pressure that's been in the community, said Julie Beck, a member of the Dixie State Board of Trustees and chairman of the renaming committee. 
So Ms. Beck says that it will alleviate the pressure that's been on the community. What community? The, the Board of Trustees and the Committee to Change the Name or the community at large? I don't know that the pressure of the community at large has been there, but certainly there's been pressure on her in the Board of Trustees and the Chairman of the Renaming Committee. Going on to quote her some more, she said, people will now be free to get behind and support something that is unified, inclusive, and freeing while building upon the heritage of the past. That sentence right there is the one that got me the most upset. And it's not just because of Miss Beck. It is because this is the message that is being sent from the governor all the way down through the state all day long on the radio, all day long podcasts, newspapers, etc. This unifying, freeing, um, etc. But what I've witnessed is it's only unifying if it's you have to agree with what we are doing. That is not the definition, and we're talking again language today, that's the, not the definition of unity. I love unity. When we can be unified and we can find one thing that we can be unified behind, that's great. But unity shouldn't be so watered down that we're supposed to believe that everything we do is unified. The very nature of this is a debate. The very nature of the fact that people do not want their name changed. The very nature of the fact that people are out walking the streets, holding up signs, saying we don't want our name changed. And then to say that people will now be free to get behind and support something that is unified. It's not unified. So why call it unified? It's not unity. Why call it unity? And why are you saying now people are free to do it? That gives that to me, that gives kind of the implication that there's a lot of people who are afraid to say that they want the name changed. And now they're free to say that they're behind it. When in fact, I think the opposite is true. I think there's a lot of people who did not want the name changed They don't need to be free to be able to be happy and be behind it. I feel like it is, it's very, in my opinion, that sentence is incredibly narrow in the scope of what the people are experiencing, especially in the Southern part of the state. And, and I don't like brushing it over. Like we're all free and we're all unified and we're all inclusive when in fact the opposite is true. Fluffy words to me make me say, Hmm, Why? Why the fluffy words? Why are we talking about it this way? That's what goes on in my mind. Why are we pretending with the flowery language that everybody's on board this? I don't really like that. I really like it a lot more straightforward truth where, you know, some people are going to be upset, but we need to move forward. This is the decision we've made, but we need to move forward. That feels more honest. This unified, inclusive, freeing, kind of talk when it's not the case is disingenuous at best, in my opinion. Um, I'm going to go on to read a little bit more. In its formal statement, the committee said the inclusion of Polytechnic highlights the university's academic mission to be the nation's first open, inclusive, comprehensive polytechnic university that combines active and applied learning with a strong foundation in liberal arts and sciences. 
Again, I'm very confused by this statement because the reality is Utah Valley University used to be called Utah Tech. It used to be called Utah's Technical College. And so to say here that this is the the nation's first, the nation's first, really? We had one in the state of Utah. I don't understand that. As many of you know, I'm in academia. I am a, I teach college. So I don't understand this. The nation's first open inclusive as though Utah technical college in Orem wasn't open and inclusive. Of course it was open and inclusive. We've been open and inclusive as a state in our states, universities, and colleges. So a lot of confusion that I have regarding that statement. We're going to talk a little bit more about this and about our language when we talk to each other. On the other side, you're listening to The Dr. Marcy Show. Welcome back to the Dr. Marcy Show on the Path Forward Utah. You've been listening um, through fedbyravensmedia.com or any of their streaming services. Grateful to have you on board, listening, hopefully able to give you something to think about today, something to talk about with your family and friends, and hopefully help broaden your awareness as you keep moving forward. And today, particularly talking about the language that we use and what's in a name. I was talking about how uh, the Salt Lake Tribune reported the proposed name change for Dixie State University to Utah Polytechnic University and potentially the nickname of Utah Tech. Now, I said on the earlier segment, the thing that's really frustrating for me is the language that's used to promote this, to try to lull the audience or lull the public into the fact that this is, look, we're all unified and now we're free. We're free to be happy and be, you know, uh, move forward with it. And we are now free of the burden of having to worry about this, that type of thing. And, And those kinds of words really frustrate me because I said disingenuous at best, but I guess being someone who's in the academic field, I feel very frustrated with language like this coming out at the academic level. I feel frustrated because we at the academic level should be extremely careful with honesty. We should be very careful to not be using bias, to not be using what makes our lives easier type of language when we report this type of thing. We should be the most particular about language and about information given to the public, probably than almost anybody in the sense that we are the ones that people look to for research, for the famous word science from 2020. They are looking to academics and people who have been trained in the art and the area of research to use language that is specific enough that can be the most true, the most honest, the most accurate. And these official statements that have come from this committee feel very frustratingly PR because they are not founded on completeness. They are, they are the opposite of completeness. To say that this is going to be a unifier 
when in fact it's not a unifier right now is a very frustrating thing for me to say that this will be the nation's first open, inclusive, comprehensive polytechnic university. When we had Utah technical college, when we had the Utah tech already in the state. Now it may not have been a university at that point, but their purpose didn't change when they put university at the end of it. It didn't change. So I just feel like it's really stretching information right there. It's really stretching it. And that leads me to my next point of what came first, the name change or the purpose of the university itself? So as many of you know, we have grown very rapidly in the tech world with Silicon Slopes in Lehigh, in South Salt Lake County, Draper area, um, where we have so much of those tech companies coming to the state. And you know, I wouldn't be surprised if in the works was, hey, we could utilize more tech education. We have this university down south. We could utilize that as a tech university. And so that could have been in the works, in my opinion, when I heard the name come out, it could have been in the works a long time ago. And and kind of this name change was a great opportunity to say, hey, we, you know, slavery with Dixie. So let's change that right over and let's just completely change the name. And I'm not sure which came first. I don't even want to accuse, but the reality is there's usually purposes that we are unaware of as a public. And if as, as a state, they wanted to have more um, tech courses, degrees, et cetera, provided in the South, Um, it makes sense to me that they would feel a name change. I just don't understand why it can't be Dixie Technical University or Utah's Dixie Technical University, something like that. I'm just not sure why that had to be completely removed. But just be aware, you know, it's very possible that this moving forward, there was already, you know, a tech college down there that was somewhat incorporated. It sounds like they want to expand and grow that as part of the university academic goal, which I think is fine and great and probably needed. Uh, But who knows if that came first, the name change came first, or if it was already kind of in the works because they were changing more the direction the university was going to go. Just be aware that it's a potential part of it. So um, in closing kind of this chapter on talking about Dixie and the name change in Dixie and and what my thoughts and feelings are on it. I personally believe there is a way to make it work to keep the name Dixie. Even if you're changing to more emphasis on a technical college or university, um, and there's a way to change the belief systems behind the name Dixie. We see it done all the time. Belief systems can be changed with the names that we have. They can be changed for the better. They don't always have to be canceled. We can make them better. They're using PR right now to take it out. You can use PR to make it a great thing. It goes both ways. We can use PR to change the way we think about the name, a name in general. I mean, there's a few names that we probably wouldn't be able to take out of society or change the emphasis on it. It's possible, but I think it'd be really hard. Last name of Hitler might be a really difficult one. I mean, slavery is a very difficult part of our past in the country. And so I do think this one would be tricky. I think especially it might be tricky in the South, in the state of Utah. I think it absolutely could be done. It doesn't look like it's going to go that way. Um, But I believe because I've seen language change so rapidly in the last 20 years, so much more rapidly than it changed 
prior to that, that I think it's absolutely possible to change the way we view or the outside world could even view the name of Dixie. So um, what can you do when you're on the kind of losing side of a debate like this in terms of your mental health, right? And that's kind of something that I wanted to lean into, which is what is it that you can do if you're feeling really frustrated about it? Well, certainly at this point, it's not a done, done deal. I mean, it is possible that the public could do something about it. It it seems like it's probably a done deal with those in charge in the South, but the legislature, the state legislature still has to approve this name. So if you feel very strongly about it, certainly work on the state legislature, certainly work on the state legislature, have your voice heard. I know I saw last night, I think, um, a group is going to really work. They need to have, I think, 10 more probably in the Senate to be on board with not, with not approving the name change, and it would be stalled or stopped right now, for now. So if you feel very passionate about this, you know, get busy working on your uh, members of the Utah Senate or the House of Representatives here in the state of Utah. And then what else can you do if you're on a losing side of a debate like this? Well, certainly in Southern Utah, you can resist the change of the name in other areas because it does appear that they see this change in the, in the university's name to being the emphasis that will change the other aspects of Southern Utah and taking Dixie out of the name in a lot of other areas. So if you want it to remain, support businesses that keep the name you can keep using the name for clubs, nonprofits, businesses, activity centers, etc. You can certainly take pictures of the name Dixie everywhere you can before things start getting taken down. You can support and vote for local leaders that support the name Dixie to remain at least in other areas of the town. Otherwise, it really does sound like those in power intend to remove the name completely from the area and changing it at the university would be their first step. So just be aware that changing the university name um, probably looks like they'll be doing it with a lot of other things uh, if those in power want to remove the name. And then in terms of your mental state being on the losing side, I like to throw out a few helpful little phrases that are going to help you get through the day. Pick and choose from any of these statements that help you today and certainly ignore the ones that don't because not all of them are going to help everybody on any given day. But, you know, just as a reminder, you get some of those fun phrases like you win some, you lose some. Be grateful for something good today. That's the one that helps me personally the most. Like I love to look at the sky. So when there's a good sky, even if it's been a really bad day, that's where I go to to see something that was good today, right? Um, We always hear the phrase, get back on the horse and you got to try, try again. Yeah, just keep going. Um, Take time to heal calm down. Some people get so upset that it ruins every other aspect of their life. So certainly calm down. Rest is a good one. This one, I think you won't hear much and you won't see much on the internet, but I believe in hanging out with your friends and complain about it. You know, in many parts of the world, they go to the pub together. Let's go complain about it for a minute. It's getting stuff off your chest. There's nothing wrong with getting stuff off your chest so you can start the next day more fresh and not as burdened internally. So I'm okay with hanging out with your friends and complain about it. My other go-to is workout. I love doing things physical, fun, playtime. Take a vacation. It's a great vacation time of year. Find a new passion, but certainly don't give up on you and your reason for being here. All right? Got more about interpersonal relationships and language on the other side. You are listening to The Dr. Marcy Show. 
Welcome back to the Dr. Marcy Show on the Path Forward Utah. This is Marcy. This is Dr. Marcy Gamble talking to you with my last segment today on imperfect language, the words that we use that are not always beneficial in our communication with each other. And as probably everybody has heard, the thing that might be the most problematic in relationships, and I would even say in business interactions, is miscommunication, communication errors. Now, I don't want to go into a huge issue on communication skills that takes, you know, much more than even one entire podcast. But what I want to really highlight today is the use of language, language when we communicate. And something happened to me this last weekend that went really perfectly in line with this and the use of language. So I was talking with a friend that I've had for almost my entire lifetime. We're very, very close. And we had a pretty serious miscommunication, which we almost don't, we don't do it almost ever. So it was a pretty big, memorable one, right? And it was over a really simple word, the word compliment. She had given me some compliments. And later in the conversation, I said, well, I appreciate you that you gave me these compliments. I feel misunderstood with XYZ. And it was that word compliment that really triggered her. She was very upset about the word compliment. So I kind of had to do this backwards and say, well, what does compliment mean to you? Compliment to me is a good word. It's a positive word. It means someone told me something good about myself. It made me feel good inside. I took it as a positive thing. So when I use the word compliment to me, I'm saying you gave me something positive, right? The word compliment to her even though defining it, she might define it exactly the same way, but her feelings associated with the word compliment were the complete opposite. Apparently in her life experience, the word compliment has been used against her in the past. So it brings out really defensive feelings when someone says, you gave me a compliment. I guess in, in her past, people would say, or someone in particular would say, oh, you just give compliments like they're fake. Like a compliment is a a fake way that you interact with someone. So when I said you gave me the compliments, she thought I was accusing her of giving me fake compliments or being manipulative with compliments. Not at all. I, I wasn't thinking that at all. But you can see how our two experiences with the word compliment were very different. And so we had two totally different meanings associated with it that could have potentially led into a fight if, if there wasn't that kind of back it up, what does it mean to you? Because to me, it means this. All right. So it's crazy. Something so simple as a word compliment could have led to a fight, you know, of, of some sort, or at least a heated exchange or something where there was hurt feelings that was completely unnecessary. We just had two different definitions or experiences behind the word compliment. So most of the time you will hear in relationships and communication skills and communication errors that the errors come in the form of listening, all right, listening issues. And generally speaking, we are not good, productive listeners. So really, it comes as no surprise that we misinterpret words or language all the time. Even with someone that you're really close with, we will misinterpret words and language. Again, I go back to because it's 
imperfect. Our language, because our language can evolve and now evolve so rapidly, um, we're going to misinterpret words and how they're used all the time. So I wanted to talk for just a minute, if we could, about tips for getting better at language and communication. And then you can take some of those tips and move forward if it's what you want to do in terms of working on the name change or not having the name change for Dixie State University. If it's something that you can use to go talk with the legislature or write emails, um, it's something you certainly can do in your relationships at home. I love and believe in the word practice, 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 because no one is perfect at communicating. No one is. But we can get better at it. And language is a key portion of it. So practice being an active listener by asking questions. Not that I'm trying to like say, yay, Marcy, you did it. But I I mean, let's face it, I have been trained. So I would expect that I could come up with, all right, my friend is upset right now at me. Something happened. What happened? I need to ask a question to find out more. So that's what I did. What does the word compliment mean to you? I can see that it has made you upset. What does it mean to you? Ask the question. So ask them even if you're not sure about the use of the word that's being used, even if you're not sure of what even the definition is, right? Most of the time, though, when we're communicating, we usually know the definition of words, but we may not know what it means to the other person because we always don't know all their experiences with it, their background with it, the importance of it. And it's not going to be the same. Something that might trigger me emotionally because of an experience or many, many experiences around that topic in the past, I'm other person. I I shouldn't expect them to know, but they, you know, if they want to really know me, will learn it and then stay away from that word. Right. That's, that's what we try to do when we're in, especially close relationships or in the business world. Right. So my suggestion is ask the other person, what do you mean by this word? It's pretty simple. What do you mean by this word? Or what does that phrase mean to you? Or could you help me understand more about what you mean when you said X, Y, Z, whatever it is, right? I I think I'm not understanding. And then straight away, you have to rephrase it so they feel heard. That's what active listening is when you're able to rephrase it or say, so you mean X, Y, Z. And if they say, yeah, then they feel hurt. If they say, no, that's not what I mean at all. Then you got it wrong again and you have to go down it again. Okay. Help me understand again. Say it another way. So I really understand better things like, am I understanding this correctly? When you say X, Y, Z, you really mean da, 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 da. And I just didn't understand that. Is that right? So that they feel heard. Again, that's what active listening is. They feel heard. And then you actually get to understand them more and you move forward so much better without so much of the highs and lows of emotions when you actually can understand what words mean because they do not mean the same thing to everyone. Now, definitionally, yep, they could write the definition down, but the history behind it, the emotion behind it is what we're really gearing, gearing towards. We're really honing in on that person's life experience. Language is very cool. I love the study of language. I, you know, in human development, we study so probably more research on how as humans, we acquire language than maybe anything else in child development. So language to me is quite a passion and I love it. 
But I realized also that language could just be the flat words on a piece of paper and meaningless if it wasn't associated with the life experiences of humans. So let humans around you have their life experiences and how they associate those experiences with words. Let them have that. Get to know them. Help them feel like you know them through the words that you use or the words that you don't use. Okay? The words you use or the words that you don't use. Now, going back to Dixie, I think what would be really helpful is if people in trying to save the the framework and the mind of Dixie would share their life experience and emotions with that word, define it in a new way that will enable them to share their stories more than just say, hey, this is our heritage. We need more. Share with the legislature more about why that word means something to you what the stories mean to you and, and, and do your very best to disassociate it with the history in the country or the South where the Confederacy used the word Dixie and that's where slavery occurred. So if you can make the break and share the meaning behind it for you, I think you're going to be able to do a much better job moving forward, saving that word in Utah's South. And if you feel that Dixie should remain in the state of Utah, you're going to have to do something about it, more than just talk about it with your friends. Otherwise, it looks like the writing's on the wall that those in power feel very strongly about this change. So unless there is enough of a coming together about this, I just think it's probably already a done deal. I hate to say that. Because you know, I believe in, in the citizens' voice. And the citizens came together on what I worked on, which was the 2019 tax referendum. And even though the writing was on the wall, we were able to make a change with that. You can do it if you are willing to come together. But I believe you'll need to associate a very important meaning to Utah's Dixie that is different than the meaning that's associated across the country. I would work on that and meaning. You've been listening to the Dr. Marcy show on Utah's path forward, Utah. And my goal is to help you become more aware, having strong mental health day by day until next week. Have a great week. Enjoy the sunshine and take care.